Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jocelyn here with you, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I decided to fire up the mic because there was something that uh, I came across just a few minutes ago that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I saw the story on CNN about this lady who had these three children. And her plea was that she was being evicted and that I was really sad it was tear-jerking like most of them are you know however the flip side to this did a google search and uh, saw a video and Tommy Sotomayor give him credit went into more detail about this video but I also saw this on some of the articles on Google and look at some of the comments. This woman basically got out there, lied to the public. Those were not her children. Now, I've had a listener who wrote in, female listener, who was played by a guy like this. But let me explain, I'm going to go on with this, and then I'm going to tell you about that experience that this person wrote in about to me. The thing is, she had people under the assumption that she was a struggling single mother of three. Those were not her kids. Those were three of the kids that belonged to, I believe this woman had six kids. And these kids apparently were biracial. And the woman was African-American that was on CNN with them. She started GoFundMe, and I guess they got up to like 200000 plus. And she was found out to be a fraud. So the people could get their money back. And from what I understand, there's about 190-something thousand still left. So I don't know if the people are going to just leave it in there or what. Now, here's the problem that I have. This is not the first time I've heard of something of this ilk happening. The mother apparently did not know that these children were with this woman. And the nexus between the children's mother and this woman was the fact that, I guess at some point, the children's father had dated this woman and I guess she had access to the kids. Who knows what her father was? Now, the reason why I say this is because it dovetails into a situation 
that I received a year ago for, in an email from a lady who was invited to come over to a man's house at 9.30 at night. She had to drive all the way on the other side of Baltimore to get to this guy's place. She gets there, and the guy said he'll be right back. He was gone for almost two hours. The baby's mother, the children's mother, came to his apartment to pick the kids up. Mind you, around 10 o'clock, close to 11 o'clock at night, somewhere around there, the baby's mother comes over. She asks, where is the baby's father? The young lady says she didn't know. So the mother asked who she was and why was she with her kids? She said, well, the father left me there. I'm his girlfriend. The mother, of course, chuckled and said, one of many. What this young lady didn't realize was he invited her over there and she thought they were going to have an intimate evening. He left to go on a date with another woman that he had met online. So he had a free babysitter. He comes back to the apartment around 11.30. The mother decided to wait he gets back, he comes in thinking he's only going to see this woman, he had his lie together, and did not expect to see the baby's mother and this woman, and they had formed an alliance against this guy. Now, the young lady that he was with remained in the parking lot in the car waiting. She drove. They came outside and started talking to the lady and explaining to her everything. This lady told him, or told these other two women, that they had been dating for about three months. She had a miscarriage, and they were supposed to get married. They had checked out wedding dresses, rings, and all these other things. Now, the interesting thing about this the guy thought it was okay. And he's up there, I don't need any of you bitches, blah, 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 take the kids, I don't care about them. And he goes up in his place. And the mom said, okay, no more joint custody, I'm taking you to court. Now the young lady that wrote me this was the lady who got stood up on the date. What eventually happened, he lost his apartment, lost his job, lost everything. She still thinks that he quit his job because what happened, the mother took him back to court, got full custody of the kids from the judge, and then child support was set at $525 a month per child. They had three. He thought what he was gonna be able to do was quit his job and talk to old girl that was the one that wrote me about moving in because times were hard for him. And of course, he used the argument, you see, I had to drop the kids off with you so I could go and try to 
forge a better future for them, which he knew was a lie because he was out on a date with another woman. But he thought that that was a logical argument. Of course, she said no. The new girl said no. And so now he's out there somewhere, probably with some other woman, getting ready to make the same mistake again that he made over and over. What I'm getting at, people, is this. These parents are allowing these kids to be around influencers they don't know. And like a young lady wrote and said, these kids that this man left, because she didn't have any children, these kids that this man left with her, she said, now she think, thought about it in retrospect, she could have been a serial rapist, she could have been a serial killer, she could have been an undercover police officer that busted him, she could have worked for CPS. He didn't know, he didn't care. And the reason why he wanted joint custody was because it saved him money on child support. He was paying less than $525 per child prior to him losing full, his portion of his half of the custody. Folks, sometimes people will do things and put you in situations that you have no clue in what you're in. What if that gentleman's baby's mama would have come in there and called the police and said that this woman did something to her children and those kids would have nodded and said yes. Her ass would have been gone. The moral of the story is, folks, you're not a babysitter. You dare to date someone. You dare to be with that person. Not to be their placeholder. Not to be a babysitter. And don't put yourself in that situation. Don't allow yourself to do it. That includes pets, too. Don't put yourself there. Now, been dumb. How many of you heard of this term? Findom is financial domination. A man or a woman can participate in this. What happens is a person who has resources deliberately goes out to find a partner who has very limited or no resources at all and deliberately gives them money or gives them access to resources while they humiliate them and degradate them and make them fiddle, feel as though they're the worst things on the planet. And this is a deliberate act. This is not something that's unintentional. It gives them the rush of feeling empowered and dominating that individual and marginalizing someone else. I'll give you an example of this. I had to go one time and uh, meet a client when I worked for a financial services firm. I was a junior broker. 
And I had to go out and pick up a check from this guy. It was a $400,000 check. We go out to this airport. We get permission to go onto the tarmac. He was not getting out of his plane. And we got in there. And this gentleman wrote the check and threw it on the floor deliberately. The assistant that was with me was ready to pick the check up and I went on and beat him to the punch because I knew what was happening. My assistant was white, I was black. And of course, he looked at me, client, he said, good, I'd like to see you crawl for what you need. And then he had this assumption in his head about, I guess that would commission would probably help you feed your kids. You probably got a lot of them. It's just going on and on. And I said, I thank you for the check, but I have no kids and uh, appreciate the insult because guess what you've just done? You just made me make my quota for the month. I got off that plane. I took my ass back to the office. Gave them the check. We started out as adversaries. His wife called about two days later and apologized to me personally. Then from then on, things were different. But what I'm getting at is you have some people who have that mindset. In my case, I wasn't worried about it. I could really walk off the plane and not even worried about it. But I was determined. You're going to pay for the arrogance, you bastard. And that's the way it was. And here's the thing, folks. These people who are in the fandom, they're this very type of people that will go to a strip club and be the most annoying and obnoxious person there. And these people have money. They're not the poor guy that's pissed off because he spent all his money on a stripper that he really likes and the woman won't give him the time of day or won't do a dance for him. These are the guys that would like to stretch out a whole string of $20 bills across the place and have the woman crawl on her knees and pick it up with her mouth. Because it's all about humiliation. And to them, it's just like they're feeding a dog. Jump, jump, jump. That's the way they look at it. And you have to understand one thing. This is part of them. This is their rush. And the only people that empower those individuals are people who they don't respect. Now, my assistant asked me, so why did you pick up that check? I would have picked it up. I said, here's the thing. That would have meant that I would have probably had to go and hunt down about three or four more clients for the whole month. Why would I do that and have this one client make my requirement, my quota for that month and be done with it? Because he made the mistake of giving me the check. Because now we're going to deposit it as soon as possible. So it's on him. 
He was wealthy. He was arrogant. His wife was very subdued. She just observed everything. And she was the one that called and said, when we come back to Los Angeles, I'm going to take him with me to apologize to you. And she did. And that soft power of hers worked. You never know people, but you're dealing with individuals. Once they feel empowered, they feel as though they're invincible. This is what I say. Being humble, it's not bad, but you don't want to be humble to a fault. You don't want to be loyal to a fault. Those are two things that will hurt you badly. To be so loyal to a person that's not loyal enough to you. Look at what happened with these people who are loyal to Donald Trump. They're going by the wayside. He killed his own ass. But the other people are still trying to cover for him. Why? He hasn't done a damn thing for you. would make you feel good. But hell, you can masturbate and do that. Just thought I'd give you a point of reference. So in any case, folks, I gotta go. But that was something that was eating at me when I read that story. And I look and I think about all those people who are genuinely being evicted out of homes in rogue nations. I won't even call them states anymore. Rogue nations like Texas and Georgia. Where no matter what the people want, <laughs> their state senate and congressmen are not listening. Florida. You guys are going to tired of, you guys are going to get tired at some point of being marginalized by the people that represent you. And you got to vote them out of office. 2022 is a good time to start doing that. I'm just saying. Take care. Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Let's talk about something that happens ever so often while you're dating. You know, you date that one person that they have a hair trigger when it comes down to commitment. Let's say you've gone on a date with this person and after the first date, this person not only has told you that they love you, they've told you that they want to be with you forever. And they have pretty much mapped out this scenario for the tour. Now, of course, most women, when you hear that from a guy, 
you're creeped out and you know you're not going out with them again because it's too risky. A good chance this guy might tie you up and carry you to the altar. Now, I want you to think about it, ladies, from a man's perspective when this very thing happens. From a woman. I never forget, we were on a third street promenade in Santa Monica one night. And I had met this woman, and this was right after Monica and I had split up. But she was headed back to Italy. And she was going to come back to the U.S. later on. But we decided to put the relationship on hiatus because I wasn't sure whether or not she was going to come back to the States or not. She was still debating that. And she was upset with me because she wanted me to move to Italy with her and her family, which would have meant I had to take my mom. And I didn't feel too comfortable being in another country even though she and I were together. It just, it just was something that wasn't right for me at the time. Plus we had some other situations to deal with here in the States. But here's the thing. I was with this lady that evening. We had just gone on our first date and we were more like friends more so than any kind of romantic interlude. And so we're walking and we actually met at Barnes and Noble bookstore when they first opened up. We were just attracted to each other. We started talking about each other's books. At that time I was doing web development in a software platform called Druffle. And she was interested because she needed someone to create a website for and I told her it's no problem. And we were talking about that and it brought us closer and we wound up on Third Street Promenade a week later just chilling. And we were going to walk down to the beach. So we're walking down there eating gelato, having a good time. And there was a way she looked at me that said, this may be a problem. Ladies, you know that look when it's like, yeah, he's the one. A lot of people who saw us will stop by some of the shops they assumed that we were a couple. She made a point to lock arms with me and to my fingers. I said, okay, that's fine. Didn't have any problem with that. And then she started getting closer. It's all cool. And so, we got to the Santa Monica Pier, we walked down on Ocean Boulevard, and then we crossed and went over to the Santa Monica Pier. And we were on that decline that you go down to the pier where it goes down to the pier. Drops the house on the left. And when we got to the bottom, she says, okay, you need to kiss me. And I said, all right, I'll give her the courtesy of doing that. 
so went on it. Yes, she was very pretty, pretty, usually not the size of woman I date. She's only about 5'4". And so I did that. And she squeezed my hand after we did it. And then we walked onto the pier. We are going to the end to that uh, Latin restaurant. We're going to have drinks there. And she leaned her head against my shoulder and said, this is the beginning of our future. And I was like, okay. And by the time we got to that bar at the end of the pier, that restaurant, she was talking about, I could see us being married in a couple of weeks, and we will definitely have at least three kids. I'll give you three kids. And I'm thinking she's joking, I'm laughing, and we're giggling and we're laughing. We get to this restaurant. Vaseline, we sat down. She arched her fingers and looked at me and said, I'm 1,000% serious. I want to be a woman. And she says, as of tonight, you're mine. And I thought, it was kind of a joke. The waitress came. Let me tell you. She took over ordering the drinks and the food and everything. And she said, oh, you don't need to talk to him. You can talk to me. And I'm like, whoa. What is going on? And right after she bristled up, and the woman kind of felt uncomfortable because she wanted to talk to me and tell me what was on the menu and what were the specials and all that. No. Everything was directed to her, even though I saw her cutting her eyes trying to say, hey, you know, I, I tried to make it a situation where I could talk to both of you, but I got to talk this late. Okay. After she bristled up to this woman, she turned around to me. That smile, those glassy eyes, and she was very attractive. And I told her, I said, well, maybe we need to slow things down. She says, oh, no, things are slow enough right now. We need to speed them up. This was a woman, 31 years of age, no children, never been married, fine as hell, huge extended family. And I'm like, what did I get myself into? I always sat down and we were eating and she just went, took a fork, took the shrimp, took the scallop from my plate and ate it. Then she pushed her plate towards me and said, want some of what I have? I said, no, bro. And she was like, okay, our wedding colors are going to be peach and it was like a teal color. She had a list of people that she was going to invite. And she's telling me all this as if she's got this stuff prearranged. And every corner, every time I tried to insert myself, she, of course, shut it down. And I'm like, damn. And then she said, well, 
we need to go and make ourselves exclusive. So what we're going to do, we're going to check in a hotel tonight. You're not taking me back home. And we're going to work things out tonight. And from this day forward, we are a couple. She said, I'm going to give you about 60 days to give me an engagement ring. Now, here's what happened. My foolish ass checked into a hotel. And let me tell you, that woman, that was the first time I was with a woman. And she just told me to lay down. This woman did everything in the world to me that night. I never got so tired of ejaculating in my whole life. This woman was on my ass. Now, the one thing that I was able to convince her was that, hey, I need to wear a condom because right now we don't want to mess up our wedding plans. I had to use that psychology on her. And she was like, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. And after everything was over with all the fireworks, she of course ran her head on my chest. And she's going on. And telling us about the kind of house we're going to buy. And then she started saying, oh, you don't have to worry about your mama. I'm going to take care of her. You don't have to worry about you. We're going to be together. And she's just going on with this narrative. Now, this is what got me. Then I took her home. She says, okay. This is your second home. My place is your second home. I expect you to come over here. I have to get off work on Fridays. And you can go back home on Sundays. I said, that's our routine. If you don't show up here, I'm coming to your place. And it got to a point when I got home, phone calls. Finally picked up maybe the fifth call she had made. Why didn't you pick up the phone on the first call? Because I knew you made it home. I said, oh, we got this control issue. And then this is when I finally let her know how things work. I said, you know, I just got out of a relationship. And I still have that residual love for that young lady talking about Monica. She was like, oh, so there is another woman. I said, you knew there was another woman early on because you met her and I told you the situation. And what did she do? Revert back to I know, but I didn't want to hear that. Folks, when you get in a relationship with someone like this, who tunes everything you say out, you got an issue. And then she says, well, the sex we had, that didn't mean anything to you, did it? 
I said, well, it meant more to you because you did all the work. You never gave me a chance in order to satisfy you. And she said, that's beside the point. You men use me all the time. I'm done with you. It was over. Just that quick. I didn't bother calling him back because I knew I was screwed up on his mess. And of course, about three years later, show you how vindictive she was. She sent me an invitation and then put in a handwritten note on that invitation. You are not allowed to bring a plus one. I just went after I opened it up, sealed it back up, returned to sender. I put inside another envelope and sent it back. It could have turned uglier than it did. But I learned a valuable lesson from that ordeal. When you deal with someone and they read more into something than you have actually provided them, they have a full, straight out narrative for the two of you that you don't have a clue about. And this is what I say when I talk about when you're dealing with someone, you don't know what kind of situation they bring to your doorstep. This woman had a whole life planned for me. And it was no party like that. We had barely known each other. She met Monica, but we were friends. She, just me and this lady were just friends. Because Monica had a going away party. And she was invited. She was one of Monica's friends initially. And of course, I was kind of weak at the time when it came down to the sexual part. And I tell you, she was not the best as far as the, you know, people say the best she ever had. No, she wasn't there. But she was the most active. But some people would put themselves out like that. In the 80s, there was a friend of mine that started dating this guy. He just got out of prison, and she didn't know it at the time. Nobody really knew it because he had made this narrative up because he was rather embarrassed that he had been incarcerated for drug sale. He started going out with her. And she used to hang with me, Monica, and all of us, Gina, and all of us at the time. And she would say, oh yeah, well, I'll meet you guys there. She'd be MIA. Monica, Gina, and the rest of the girls would call her up to see what happened. Nothing. No answer. It was because this guy had literally taken over her life. He didn't have a place to stay. He moved in with her. When he moved in with her, she was forbidden to call or talk to anyone without his permission. So family had to go through him to get to her. And this was a gradual thing that took place with her. 
And finally, she told some of her relatives what was going on. She knew she was in trouble because he couldn't find her and he was calling all around. And some of the men in her family showed up at her place and kicked him out. I think it was her cousin or someone that stayed with her until this guy got the message that it was over. You're going to find people with these kind of personalities. They don't want to hear no. They don't care about no. No matter how you speak to them, they'll turn everything around to their advantage. This is, again, a disorder. Now, you will always have people who will say, well, I would have picked that up and that would have been no problem. You're full of shit and you need to go somewhere and have a drink. Because, here's the thing. People who have been doing certain behavior over time, they know what they're doing because they've had to maneuver around obstacles far more complex than yourself. Because you got to remember that behavior is that person's companion. You, a stranger, that have no idea about the depth of that behavior and also how close that behavior is to that individual. Ladies, this is why I tell you, when you go in there trying to fix a man, <laughs> he may be already fixed in a position that you can't fix or change. And no amount of therapy is going to change that. And you can burn yourself out doing it. This is the reason why the majority of women that I meet in my age group, I'll say from 45 up, that have been in marriages and relationships like these, and there's a good percentage of them that have, a lot of them have a lost identity. They're trying to redefine themselves. Some of them don't know who the hell they are because they've been in that cocoon so long in that cocoon of the relationship and now they're taking on bad habits coping within bad relationships and those habits have now manifested into their personality and the very people they talk about in a negative way have the same characteristics as that person that they're talking about in them I remember one lady told me one evening that, you know, my ex was very controlling. And I never forget, I said, excuse me, I'm going through that. Okay, don't pick up no girls while you're there. And that security was right there on their sleeve. And by that time, I had already dated that woman I just told you about the experience in Santa Monica. And I made it. Point from that point forward, I came back to that table and said, You know, I think we're going to be good friends. And she said, What do you mean, friends? I want more than friendship. I said, Well, that's all you're getting here. She picked up everything first, walked out, got her car to Valley, and took off. It was funny, the waitress comes over and she says, Yeah, it looks like you. Just her off again. 
well, this was the second date. First date was cordial. This date, uh-uh. you should put a foot on the accelerator and it didn't work. And of course, I got the obligatory call back later on that evening. She said, for dinner. I told me I needed to grow up and I needed to become a man who's going to commit to a woman. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, how the hell am I going to commit to you and it's only the second date? And on this date, you're going to tell me, not jokingly, don't pick up any women towards the bathroom. insecure person, folks and ladies, you know about this. It's no fun being in a relationship with them. They're clean. They're needy. They become possessive. These are the very people, if it's not checked, will say, if I can't have you, no one else will. Ladies, if you ever hear those words in the relationship, Guys, never tell a woman that. You're talking about something that's going to put her on a hurt and make her feel uncomfortable. That's it. That's it. More in a moment. Let's see what we have here in the mailbag. Johnson, I appreciate what you share with the audience, but I'm just wondering, if you were ever looking for a woman, I'm sure this is not the way to go about getting her. You're revealing too much about yourself, in my opinion, and therefore, I don't think that you would ever probably find love or find someone. The only thing they would have to do is listen to the podcast and know right over the bat that you have been so much and a woman who has a friend who have as much as you would look at you as being damaged. Your thoughts about this? I'm just curious. Janine, marry me Wyoming. Janine, you're probably right, but here's the thing. I would not want to be with a woman like that. Because she's already fixing her views. She's fixing her opinion. And more than likely, I'm looking here and seeing that you're 52 years of age. And I guarantee you, you've gone through some experiences. And with those experiences, you would never want to tolerate or deal with those again. But here is the thing. I'm talking about bad experiences, not the good ones. But here is the thing. After hearing someone else's situation, because I have to be brutally honest with you, and I use that word, when I use that word, I'm not qualifying it. I hate the term, it's stupid, and it's me. But, I'm talking about the part of it. But the reason why I let you know these things is because it's to help avoid other people from going through the morass of things I've had to go through in the past. Look. This platform is not designed for me to go and solicit a girl and get a woman. 
I can do that on my own very well. What this is about, is about informing the people. I don't charge for my podcast. I don't have like a subscription service where you gotta pay $4.99 a month or something like that. Who knows? Can we manifest this stuff later on? But here's the thing. If that happens, this part of the platform is when I always stay free. And more than likely, I probably won't charge. I try to get sponsors if anything, because information is free, thinking is free. Think about the very same things we pay for. We pay for bottled water, but yet those people that pay for the bottled water in a store like a Walmart in certain parts of the country in the world have this deluge of rain and they have more water than they could ever use. But because they can't bottle it, the same resource that they're paying for this process is given naturally. And we don't think about harnessing that same thing. The very thing we pay for that we can control in a bottle and drink, we have no control over it when it comes from the sky and it sweeps away our homes and cars. Would that make water bad? Is the question. Because I've gone through those experiences with women. Would this make me bad? It can make me more wiser. And what I try to do is to share this wisdom with other people so that they won't have to go through what I went through. I'm not expecting to be some kind of martyr or some kind of Christ-like figure or nothing like that. I'm just a human being who's going to be on this earth who has a dash on their head or their headstone that's going to say existed from 1962 until. And once I'm done, I'll be forgotten. These tapes will be here to help someone else. And that's it. I am nothing special when it comes down to the evolution of humanity. That's what I want you to get. It's not about ego, it's not about being pompous, it's not about being narcissistic. I threw narcissism away decades ago because I saw what it led to. But you're entitled to have your opinion. I really appreciate you listening to the show. Keep listening. Now here's the one thing that I'm going to tell you that you might not really want to hear. I think you like them. That's all I'm saying. It's not narcissism. It's not ego. Here's the thing. If you didn't, it wouldn't have written. And what you're trying to tell me is something that I've known for years. And it's something that people have written in about over and over. So you're not the first person land on the phone with this. And these are the very people, again, who will contact me later and tell me about their situation. And it'll be a whole different thing. And they'd want their situation podcast. So this is not an adversarial exchange. This is more of a realistic 
focal look on what we're dealing with. The romantic truth makes. But I appreciate your concern. Alright. Let's go on here. Hi Johnson, my name is Doug. I think I've written you once before. I've never heard back from you. I know you're rather busy and you have a lot different things you're dealing with about topics you're talking about. I'm stuck with a dilemma right now and I gotta come up with a plan very quickly. I recently caught my ex-girlfriend in a lie about her pregnancy. It has well been past two and a half months. No bump, no pregnancy tests, no doctor visits, no nothing. This information comes from her girlfriend, and I thank you so much for addressing how a woman's friends can be your best friend at times. It struck against her moral character to go along with the lie that my ex told. Now it's at a point where she's lied to her friend and lied to me. Her family didn't know about this, and it just seems to me that they were so close, they should be the first people to have known about it. Being devil's advocate, I brought it up to her mother and father. When I did that, she was furious, but I told her. Now it's been two months, and I haven't even responded to any phone calls or emails. But that is not my problem. The problem I'm having now is I'm seeing another woman, and this ex of mine has figured out a way of contacting her, and she's telling her things such as, I've been over to her house last night, we had sex, and now this young lady is rather confused, and the trust factor is way out of the realm of possibilities now. She's always hitting me up about me lying to her and not being honest with her. And I'm hanging on by a thread in this situation. My ex's friend has tried to go on my behalf and talk to her, took her shopping the other way, in order to try to convince her that everything my ex is saying is a lie. She's not buying it so far. I really like this girl. And in the beginning, she really liked me, but now she has her doubts. How can I convince her that I'm on the up and up, no BS, and I want to be with her? Donna, Fort Worth, Texas. Ah, Donna. What's happening here is, okay. You dealing with somebody who wants control. Look, when a woman lies about her pregnancy, that is the biggest red flag of them all. And what I mean by this, this is a terminal red flag. This is when you end the relationship and end all communication with her. She realized she messed up, and what she's trying to do, you went and told her folks, she's going to top you going and ruin this relationship with this woman. See, what she's trying to do is to allow you to come back to her. Now, more than likely, she's getting ready to jettison her friend. 
as she sees it more than likely her friend is a traitor. Now, you gotta give her friend credit. She's cognizant and she's honest. And she has moral character in that she was not gonna go on with the lie that her friend, your ex-girlfriend, told. She had integrity still. Donovan, to be quite honest with you, her friend would be a better bet as far as somebody that's going to have a sustainable relationship than the woman you're chasing and the woman you were with. Your best woman is right there in front of you because she's already made a sacrifice to prove her loyalty, believe it or not, and her integrity. And as men, what do we like? We love integrity, doing the right thing when nobody else is around. And we also like the fact that we can trust people with integrity. And I want you to think about it. You trusted this woman so much that you had her to advocate for this new woman on your behalf. This is a situation where you don't use that resource. What you do is you nurture that resource because that woman, if she's going to go and make that commitment sacrifice for you, you may want to look at that. Because see, on both sides, with your ex, you would have to work to get back into her good graces, right? She'd have to work to get back to yours. That's TMW, too much work there. Because, you know, you're dealing with a liar and someone who will deceive you and who's looking for control. If you go down line and you and throw yourself to this new young lady, even though you like her, she would never trust you. She trusted your ex over you. You're going to spend the rest of that relationship trying to prove to her that you're no longer associated with the ex, which means that she would expect you to jettison the ex and the ex's friend for her. This woman will more than likely isolate you, as your ex probably would. And you'll see the same pattern of behavior with this new woman that you saw with the old security and trying to control you. What did the friend not do? Either one of those. That friend would be the best option for you. I'm telling you. In this situation, this is a good woman who's put in a bad situation and it can't be more clear and that would be a better opportunity for you. Now, you're going to have problems just like you would in any relationship. But here's the thing. This woman already knows the backstory on you. So you don't have to go in there mind. You don't have to go in there explaining things. She knows about your income. She knows about you. She knows how you feel. She knows your introspective sentiments. You guys already know about your ex. You guys already know about this girl you're trying to get with. And you even mentioned that she took this new girl shopping. 
in order to try to build a rapport with her. She can go to that length for you because she wants to be your friend. Women will never do something such as make a sacrifice just to do it. Women usually do this for a reason. Now she probably spent her own money taking this woman shopping or whatever. I want you to think about this for a moment. How many women you know will either spend their own money or lose money on behalf of a man? So that woman likes you and wants you. She's observed. Here's the thing. She's one of these women of integrity that says, you know what? Probably tell your girlfriend this. Probably tell you know you're wrong for doing that. He's a good man. She sees this and she's putting her shoe in. Take her out. See how things go. Drop those other two extremes. Be with this woman. See if you guys can develop a relationship. I'm willing to bet you. This will probably be the best person for you. Give it a try. You got my phone number. You got my email address. Contact me on Telegram. Romantic Truth Confessions. You can get us on the website of RomanticTruth.org. Let me know how it goes. I want you on the show so we can talk about this. Take care. You've got mail. August 1st, 2021. My name is Jerry and I listen to you regularly. I've turned you onto my third shift. Well, there is a 20-something working the front desk at our plant and she has slept with most of the guys here. During my first break tonight she slipped me a note in the break room to meet her out on the rear loading dock during the last break. The guys are egging me on, but I have three baby daughters at home. I would be lying to tell you that I didn't consider it. This brings up a bigger issue for me, me and the wife are having issues because I came home drunk last Friday night since then, she put me on the couch and cut off the cooter until further notice. If you were in my shoes, what would you do? The guys are really teasing me while I am writing you. My co-workers, Lloyd, Frank, Lucy, Karen, and Bob say hi. Jerry, Mobile, Alabama. Pussy! Alright, thank you much Jerry, first of all, I'll give a shout out to the people there at your factory, your plant, um, all of them. Wish them the best. And thank you for telling them to listen to me. Now, let's get to the point. Let's find out what's going on here. First of all, you don't want to be in the wake of that 20-something. People like that commonly get people fired and those type of people keep their jobs. You're doing the right thing. Now, when it comes to the wife cutting you off, that's messed up, but it happens. Here's the thing, smarter women know not to do this. The reason being, 
there's always a woman with her thighs open ready for your man. Plain and simple. Women know this. There are women, a lot of times, that will tell you they will not deny you sex. Interestingly enough, most of the women I've dated in my life told me when it came down to that, it was no problem. Whenever you, know, you needed it, whenever she said you wanted it, you had it. But I wanted to be a mutual experience with them. In your case, she's basically autonomously saying, you don't need any more sex from me. That's your punishment. Now, I hope you still have that note that she sent you, that young lady. And what you could do is show it to your wife and say, you know what? If I wanted to cheat on you, I could have. The problem with that, though, is that you don't know how reactive your wife will be. She may decide to get up, get in the car, go over there, and confront the girl. You don't want that. So, you may want to explain to her that you've been propositioned. See, the thing is, is this. Guys know if they put their woman on dick restriction, there's a good chance she's going to find some dick. It's just the way it is. I never forget. There was a lady that I knew, and she was in a relationship with this guy. And he always accused her of cheating. And she would usually go out. I never saw her with anyone else but him. She would never dance with any other guy. And she would sit there and talk to them. But it was never a situation where I'd ever seen anyone touch her. Any guy try to caress her, try to kiss her, or anything like that. No. She was one of these, what we call, clean women. A clean woman was a woman who had integrity. And the one thing we did not do is ever try to move in on her because she was with someone. She was like golden. Nobody touched her because she deserved that type of respect. That's the way she was. And she cracked me up one night because we were sitting there. We said our hellos. And she said, I got a question to ask you. And I don't mean to be out of character or provocative and I'm not anybody trying to probe into your life or suggest anything. I said, okay. She said, would you have sex with me if I was not in a relationship? And of course, I'm trying to be diplomatic. And I said, lady, my dick will go through your forehead. You had no idea. But, of course, I had to be diplomatic and I said, well, it would be an interesting situation. And of course, my manhood was saying, man, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, no, boy, down. But I tell you, very, very nice lady. Well, you know, not in the context of just going. She's not one of these ladies that I would just go and said, okay, we just want to have sex. And I said, she was that kind of woman where if you had sex with her, it was an experience. I'm not talking about just the sex. I'm talking about just being with her. It was like you had gone on vacation to a tropical island. There was shit you had to explore and learn. She was a very engaging person. 
I hear people that are cheating and all this. She was telling me about it. And she says, um, what I'm going to do, she says, after he comes off of his hiatus of being mad, she said, I'm going to break up with him. She was not lying. About two months later, she was done. Came back to the club, asked me if I wanted to dance. We danced, we had a good time. She was letting my hair down. And I mean, when she said she dumped him, and I had to get all the specifics because being that I was privy to her planning this, I had to know how she did it. She said, I made sure that he thought he had made his point. She had cooked his meal, massaged him, all this good stuff. She was walking around with just a robe on. And he thought for sure he was going to get busy. And she said, I hope you're comfortable. And he said, yeah, I am. She said, good. She said, I'll be right back. She went into the bedroom, and he thought that, oh, she's getting ready for it. Nope. She went and got fully dressed. And she says, well, you know, we're done. And walked out. She just got tired of being accused of something she didn't do. Now, in your case, sir, I want you to remember one thing. If you're a woman doing this to you, what I'd be more concerned about is, okay, your needs are not being met. How are hers being met? Gary. Trust me. I would start examining what's going on with her. Usually a person that accuses you of cheating or accuses you of doing something, they may look for it out. But it's kind of extreme for her to cut off the sex if you want to cheat. That's what I'm saying. She did that in protest of something else. You gotta find communicating. You probably need to go to therapy and find out why that's the case. One thing like that, I'm sure she probably doesn't just go. Usually people who don't want to go to therapy are the people that have the problems. So, what I would tell you is just say, okay, since we are not um, communicating and we're not functioning together, this is what I would do, sir. Instead of leaving her, focus more time on your children. Put the energy into your children. Take your three daughters on trips, excursions, taking camping. What I'm getting at is build that bond with those kids. Because here's what you're doing. By strengthening the bond with your children, if she is messing around on you, make it more difficult for her to justify bringing someone else into their lives. So in essence, you're closing the back door of any opportunity that she may be seeking. But it's rather extreme when a woman cuts you off, fellas, 
I could see it now if you cheated on her. She's looking out for personal safety. That I understand. But if you haven't cheated and it's a protest, like she's doing with you, sir, you have to look at it maybe control. Try to spend more time with your daughter. That bonding time where you can take them. Maybe go to a PTA meeting. I don't know how old they are. Go to a PTA meeting. Interact with the teachers. Get a chance to know who your kids are being around. Help them with their homework. Take that time out with them. Because I'm going to tell you, your kid will be your bond in that relationship. In the sense that if she wants to leave. If she's found someone else, she more than likely is going to leave and take the kids with her. But guess what? They will have a stronger bond and more confidence in your judgment than hers. Kids tell the truth. Of course, some of them lie, but usually they're prompted to lie. But for the most part, kids don't have nothing to lose, and they tell you exactly what's going on, and they don't have nothing to gain by lying. Just consider that. I think she made a big mistake by doing that, and you're a stand-up guy with integrity. Or not pursuing that woman, like many of your coworkers have, and you never know. That young lady may get upset with you one day, or upset with all the employees she slept with, and start revealing it. And before you know it, people are getting fired left and right. Way to go to protect your job, sir. Kudos to you. And I'm gonna send you a letter back, have a cop so you can get out of that situation because you need it. Take care. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show.
Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.